Mr. Derek Vienhoff. He's better known as Deke. Drinking liquor with DJ Deke, we out laughing. Yeah, Deke. podcast studio it's uh it's been a good time it's been fun it's been cool um it seems like you guys are having fun doing it yeah you know you and your guests is what i mean but oh. yeah i definitely i enjoy listening to it you know like it's like uh i don't know of any victoria podcast but it's fun to listen to one from niagara yeah sometimes i comment and stuff like that and like yeah. you know I'll, I'll be listening and i'll hear stuff and it's like yeah, I, I know that or yeah i remember it and Listening to Rob Burke talk a few weeks ago, it was like, man, this is, I, I was there at that yeah. school, you know? It was really trippy, right? And that's partly why I've been doing this. Um, there's m- many reasons and many audiences that I was trying to reach, but uh, a good chunk of it was just kind of high school friends, yeah. a different, just the kind of network that you loosely have. Yeah. Um, I mean, Facebook is huge for that. Like, I, if it wasn't for Facebook, I wouldn't, I would lose touch with probably a lot of people. Yeah. No, I hear that too. Because um, I've often considered just stopping Facebook, but that's how I see everyone back here yeah. and their families and stuff like that growing yeah. is through that social media. Because otherwise it would be like, what am I going to write a letter and put it in the mail? Yeah. There's ways to use social media, I think, in the right way, and there's ways yeah. to not use it. And we, we can all fall victim. Like it, The way they program everything in social media plays upon your totally. psychological... Uh, I mean, I like it for networking. I like it for marketing like yeah it's huge the food in the restaurant and stuff like that it's uh it's really good for all of that uh and then yeah basically keeping in touch i've got all my best friends wives on and i pay attention to their uh their facebook's more because they're the ones that are constantly uploading my friends never would use it right so yeah i get to see their kids growing through their wives or through their girlfriends shout out to the wives shout out wives (laughs) (laughs) just in general yeah uh, do you want to plug your whole uh restaurant there and tell me all about it uh yeah we can do that so um I work at Swan's. Uh, I work at Swan's Pub. It's in Victoria. We've got the brewery, so uh, we make our own beer. We make really good beer. Um, we've got the hotel. We've got the beer and wine store. We do a bunch of catering and offsite events and stuff like that. So cool. Uh, it's an old building. Like the building's like over a hundred years old. And the guy that founded it, his name was Michael Williams. He was this philanthropist, basically, and he was uh, a businessman and basically bought this building. He used to buy grain from it. And uh, the building was up for sale, and it was in kind of the shitty part of, like, in, in downtown Victoria 30 years ago, it was a shitty neighborhood. So yeah. he bought this building, and uh, it was kind of the ugly duckling, and when he transformed it, it became a swan. So that's the story why they call it swans, which oh, that's cool. I always thought was kind of cool, actually, because swans on its own kind of sounds... It sounds lame. It sounds lame. It's there's, it's not cool, right? But yeah. then when you hear the story, like the history behind it, and, and the building's old, and it has this awesome feel to it, and... It feels like a really cool pub. Cool. There's lots of art in the walls. He was a huge art fanatic, and so there's art all on the walls, and you know, too much art, actually. We were taking some of it away and <laughs> kind of making it a little bit more tasteful. Yeah. You know, and this art is worth money, and so should it really be in a room where people are drinking and right. know, eating throwing, food and throwing stuff? Throwing beer yeah, bottles? <laughs> yeah. So. Does it get rowdy ever, or is it more no, classy? No, no, it's, it's a pretty... It, it, I mean, you always get people that you have to throw out. I've had to throw people out. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of fun and scary at the same time when you're not used to it, but, uh, but no, it doesn't really, I mean, we're downtown. So there's the the thing with Victoria is there's a lot of homeless, uh, because it's so temperate. So people will travel across the country and they can basically live there outside Ah, all year. Yeah. So like we barely even get winter. Like this is the first I've been there for three years. This is the first time I've seen snow in the winter. You know, and that's weird because I didn't even ever really think of that. Because when you said earlier, had you been out west? And I said, yeah, I'd been to Banff. Yeah. So then I just associate kind of that being that far west with yeah. that. If I've never, I've never been to Vancouver or Victoria. Well, so Victoria is very, like, it's basically as, as far west as you can get. Right. So it, it is very temperate. Although it does get cold at night. Like, you know, if we were there tonight, we'd have to wear a sweater probably or like a right. long sleeve shirt or something like and that. And a lot of rain? Yeah, it rains not as much as Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver is okay. very rainy, but. Yeah, Victoria rains a lot. You have, like, a rain season, but, like, when I left, it was as hot as it is here. Hmm. So, it, I feel like the summers have been getting hotter. Winters almost never happened. This year, we did get snow, and it, it did drag on for a while. Um, like, famously, I like, I, I, I don't wear pants in the winter. Like, I'll wear shorts all year. This year, I had to go out and buy pants, because I just I hadn't worn them for two years. Oh, and so, I, yeah, it's like, that's... 
Oh, we got winter this year because yeah. usually it's just three seasons. You know, you go spring, summer, fall. So based on your personal uh, anecdotal uh, evidence, global warming is real and it's a crisis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's happening, man. Yeah, <laughs> take it from you. you yeah, out there. Uh, so you said the craft beer industry out in uh, Victoria is it's just, fucking it's huge. huge. Yeah, it's not even just Victoria. It's like the Pacific Northwest. I mean, it's growing yeah. everywhere. Like this, there's this whole craft movement. When did it start? Craft brewing? Not that, I mean, I, yeah, not... Well, in yeah, Victoria? Both. So, from to my understanding, the first craft brew pub is a spot called Spinnaker's. And they're right on the harbor. It's cool. Um, but is this craft brewing, like, a, like in the last decade only? Or had it been going on for a long... Why is it so, like, in the lexicon and, like, popular now well, in certain Well, I don't pockets? know why. I mean, I think it's this whole craft movement where, you know, I think the other thing... I always go back to, like, it's basically technology and information. So... You know, and you can say the same with food. You know, if, if you think about our parents when they were younger, you know, our, I imagine our parents are in the same age range, you know, 50s to 60s yeah. probably, where they, when they were kids, it was like, whoa, microwaves, you know, like you don't even have to cook it in the oven anymore and right. pre-made meals and stuff like that. And so it's like a convenience thing. So could you and break so it? Now, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Go continue that point. And so I think people are getting away from that and getting back to making stuff from scratch. Okay. Yeah. So is craft beer, can you just lay out exactly what, I just never really dug that deep into this really, like, craft beer is just certain ways of, the technology of making it, essentially? I mean, I've never been to a big beer brewery, Yeah. Um, but there's just something inherently cool about drinking something that someone made and you know them, or, or you're talking to them and stuff like that. Yes, and, and the uh, different, but the quality too, is the, it's I just find the aroma, taste, yeah. these are the things that they're going for versus a, like just a mass-produced beer. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it's like you get a Coors... Uh, or yeah, like I had a course last night at the wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, it just—it's like expensive water for me. It, it, but you it, know, and there's some people that hate on that too. That are like, "Oh, you always, all these guys gotta drink craft beer. They can't just drink, yeah, just drink I mean, domestic, man." Well, I see the memes and I see the videos and stuff, and and yeah, like we can kind of get down that road a little bit at times. We have to check ourselves basically before we. Wreck if you ourselves. get too yeah. like heady in the scene, yeah, yeah, totally, man. Scene, and yeah. it's uh, it does get crazy. There are these like wacky like. Sour beers were really popular. Still are, and they're very refreshing. I like sour beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some that are like vinegar. I'll tell you yeah. my favorite uh, craft beer right now. It's the Muskoka. Uh, it's called uh, Moon Kettle. Moon Kettle. I'm not sure if I've had Moon Kettle, but I like Muskoka. Yeah, and it's it's it, it's as cool as cukes on the side. It's kind of like a cucumber Oh, flavor. yes. I saw that. I've seen it on social media. Something that's actually very refreshing about it. I was trying to explain this to people, and they're yeah. like, yeah, beer's refreshing, man. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Not all beer's it's refreshing. It's this one beer. You yeah. Just, I had it the other day, and they only have it in their survival packs. They actually, yeah. so people are very mad that they don't have them by themselves. Yet. Yeah, it's not easy to sell. Like you know, you're taking a gamble if you do a big run on something, right? Like if, if it doesn't, it doesn't go, sell and it's craft, it, it has no preservatives. But so. you would think then that now, at, from all the social media feedback, that they would say they would. Kind of, they're probably working on right. Like that's what a brewery would yeah. do. Like, there's demand. People are, keep asking for it. So let's well, the work thing on is, it. is that it's kind of you know it's advantageous to short people a little bit, right? Like. Uh, you know, you only make so much. It makes it limited. Makes people want it more. That's true. You know. Yeah, those aspects. Uh, of it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I love craft beer, and it's uh, you know when I when I lived here, I worked at a winery, and I was uh, I drank wine a lot for like two years, and then when I moved out there, it was like, whoa, the craft beer is huge out here. Where I mean, we're in Niagara. So we're, it really is a difference, like where wine is is Niagara, and you and and then when you go somewhere else. Like you're saying, the craft yeah, like, beer is the thing, and the wine's not as much of a thing. No, like it is. Wine's big as well, you know. Like, like it's, globally, it's, it's a big it's, thing anyway. Globally, it's big, and it's 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 a it's an old drink, right? Like it's yeah, and it's fucking tasty. So yeah, it is. Um, and Canada, in my opinion, makes really great wine. So the Okanagan has really good wine. There's some on the island, but I haven't really ventured that far yet. Mm. I've just been so encapsulated in beer mm-hmm. and. It's so vast. Like there's so many different styles and so many iterations of those styles and so many breweries and all these little ones are popping up and yeah. um, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to keep track of and you know like there's no way that you can try all of them. You know, right? Everyone so, does like a seasonal. Like people, yeah. are, it's constantly. There's always beer being released. There's always a beer release, and to keep on top of it is it's crazy and the different for your the, liver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the different flavors is what's cool to, to me too, and kind of like blew my mind lately. Where I didn't know there's so many different type. Like my buddy makes this uh, jalapeno beer. Yeah, yeah, we've done that as and well. Holy we did the, shit! It's it, it's the most amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, like what? So many options. Yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. No, so you do food too, and so tell me how the yeah, yeah, so brew, tell me I'm, how those I'm, combine. I'm by no yeah. means a brewmaster. I'm I'm a chef by trade. Right. Uh, I just I just enjoy the brewing process, and I've never brewed beer myself. I, right. 
I, uh, I have a kid at home that I'm going to play around with and try it out for the first time and probably not make very good beer right off the bat. But, yeah, but, try it, uh, yeah. but I do definitely appreciate it. And there is a, a connection between food and, uh, and beer, you know, the same way that you would pair wines with food and do, yeah, like you know, basically a tasting menu. You, you can do the same thing with beer. And I actually, I kind of enjoy it more. Can you give me some examples of beer pairings that would go with the food that you do? Uh, yeah, so like uh, braised meats almost always go with something like a stout. Uh, you don't want to go spicy with an IPA because the hops are going to raise the spiciness. It's going to make the food more spicy because uh-huh. uh, hops is a spice and it's it's bitter. Um, like one of my favorites is a, we have a raspberry beer. And I'll often start off a, a tasting with the raspberry beer. You would think that you'd want to have it as as dessert. Mm-hmm. I'll throw people through a loop, and I'll put it first, and we'll do it with, like, beets. Or, um, you know, a goat's cheese would work really well. There's And so when you say the thing works really well, and so you gave a specific so with, example you wanna, of the spice. You want to contrast, and you want to yeah. uh, so do... You want to do one of two things, basically. This is the way that I look at it: is I'm trying to, I'm either trying to complement or I'm trying to contrast, yeah, right. and both are interesting. And if I'm doing, let's say, five courses, I want to do a little bit of both. And so, I always want to show off the beer, and I want the, like the beer you're going to drink. You know, you're going to see it in a glass. It's going to have a head on it. It's going to, you might smell it. It's 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 more about the flavor with the beer. With the food, it can be so visual, and when it comes out, you're assessing it with your nose before you ever actually taste it. Yep. So you want things to look a certain way. And, uh, you know, if, when food goes out to a table, if it looks really, really tasty and it's not the tastiest, people will still have a certain opinion of it being really, really awesome. Now, that being said, you still want to make things really, yeah. really tasty. They've done you, studies you, like that, right? They show you put things on different plates, totally. double blind tests. And yeah. They, they actually rate it better because yeah, it's I, presented better. Yeah. I've never read into those, but, but it's it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for yeah, fifteen years. It. I've seen it, so yeah. definitely, food that looks sexy is tastier. Wow. Yeah, the culinary arts is something that I don't quite know much about at yeah. all. And a couple buddies that I could just see uh, uh, them do it, and it looks it looks like there's it's so involved. Like it's one yeah. of those arts. Well, there's that, levels to this game. Yeah. And like I don't even consider myself to be very good at all. Like I uh, I feel like I just make things work. You know, and I have. Some friends from here that work at really nice restaurants, and and they're like, I don't know if they realize how good they are. You know, it's uh, right. There's so many levels, and I, there's no way to ever be a master. Like in you it, wouldn't you know, be like, on Master Chef or Top Chef. No, I I tried out for Chopped. I, I applied for Chopped. Is that That's a, a uh, local? No, it's uh, it's on the Food Network. It's like four contestants. Oh, okay. And each round, someone gets chopped from the show. So you make your food with like some limited ingredients and. They try it and they critique it, and then if yours is the worst, they is that the same format you. as every cook? Like it feels like, it, yeah, like, like I'm not big into I'm not big into the Food Network. You know, yeah. there's some shows that I like. Like a lot of people shit on uh, on Jamie Oliver, but I really like Jamie Oliver. You know, like I feel like because he's, he's so mainstream, that's why they hate on him. Yeah, I guess so. And like he's just you can tell that he really cares. That's yeah. what I like. And so he had one where he was like cooking out of his house, and he was like growing all his own vegetables. It seemed like so. Like, right on his property, and I thought that was really cool. Practical? Yeah, it's, like, back to that craft thing where he's, like, growing it all, and it's, like, it's just... Yeah, because I get the, I get that the process of the sort of mass-producing things, or whether it's food or beer, you're going to lose some quality of it, right? Over time, yeah. maybe that's... Like, I guess you'd say that the real, like, or the origins of craft beer would have just been, like, the original cavemen or the, the original people beer. who started yeah. making it. And they probably had, like, even though we think of them as more primitive people, like, I'm sure they had, like, preferences for taste and well, different things to add into it or take away from it, maybe. I don't know. Totally. Just, yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's some famous beers that they've been brewing for... The same way for, like, a long time? The same way for, oh, like, right. hundreds of thousands of years. Well, not hundreds of thousands, but Billions of years. For a billion years. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll be monks, you know, and they'll, they've will they made this one beer the same way. Right, and they, like, won't time. even give you the recipe or something? It's, or, I don't know, but it's, it's you know... There's something to be said about history as well, right? Yeah. So I guess the idea is over time, once you had the, just like the movement of agriculture to then um, nowadays the grocery store uh, set up and the mass production of like meat and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I feel like it's there was just, a you lose where, things. Yes. The quality of it. The health, the health aspects of it, I guess, are, yeah, so are inhibited. When I got into the pub, uh, Swans, 
I came from what was regarded as the best restaurant in the city in Victoria. And I, I actually wasn't enjoying myself there. So um, I moved on and I, I took a job at, at Swan's, which was kind of a shitty pub at the time. And uh, But, you know, in the food industry, you, you typically don't make a lot of money. I kind of needed to make some money. So I, I made the decision to jump in and it was a management opportunity and they had the beer. And so I've done other hotels, I've done the private club, I've done family restaurants, and so I wanted to try the brewery and, and work with beer a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped in there, and uh, I lost my thread, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, we were talking about the... Uh, just Oh, yes, so the meats. And, yeah, uh, the losing things over time. Yeah, so we, you know, the guy that was the chef there, um, I'm not going to say his name, but he, uh, he Bony was... Bony Bob. Bony Bob. No, sorry, your name is Bob. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bony Cliff. Bony Cliff was... Not the best of chefs, and uh, basically would buy stuff in and didn't really do his research and uh, was just buying in. He was a shithead. <laughs> he was a total shithead. And so uh, just not using ethically raised meat and stuff like that, and like, maybe to some people that's not important. I think it's cool. I like supporting those farmers, and, and they put their heart and soul into their craft, and it's a pleasure to use their products. And so we recently switched over, and we've been using really nice meats. You know, we we were using stuff that was good before and nothing wrong with it. No one complained. Just, no one ever complained. We just, no, yeah. it was all good. I mean, you know. But if you can make that move. We made a jump to go with a different company that deals with farmers. And so everything is from BC for the most part. If it's not, it's from Alberta and a lot of island as well and just overall. But where did we lose that? Where did we lose along the I way the local I think we lost it connection? in mass production. In so the, it's like that grocery store idea that basically yeah. just feeding the whole country with this centralized kind of I system. I think so, yeah. Huh. I mean... But now everyone's going back to it. Because you see there's the documentary, there's a couple docs on Netflix of similar, like one about Chicago, I think, where all these inner city restaurants are actually sourcing from similar ID, like local yeah. farmers. And actually some of the guy, like the guy who makes uh, bread, this one bakery, he just volunteers on this guy's farm and like helps him put up fences and different shit. Yeah. It's not even, not even that he's in their uh, process, but he's there just working because he wants to be yeah. literally a part of that guy's... Uh, well, I think you... I mean... We have a bit of a responsibility to be, uh, I mean, we have the craft brewery and they do everything really well. So why wouldn't we do that in, in the kitchen? Yeah, you match Why it. do I have to cut corners, you know, or right. why would someone cut corners? Now, when? is it more expensive? Yeah, usually. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you do the best with what you can do. Right. And so, you know, if you're bringing in something that's a little bit more expensive, you just, you, you make it work, you know, and then uh, obviously, you know, sometimes prices go up. Because yeah, of but, that, the but, but, but the value is like, there. it's yeah. there, yeah, and, and you're supporting local, and I think that's huge. And, uh, you know, from the brewing process, there's spent grains that are left over. So basically you grind all these grains, you simmer them in water, and then you pull that liquid off, and that turns into beer eventually. And so you're left with all that mash, product, yeah. and we give that away to farmers, and they feed their cattle with it, and oh. one guy feeds his hogs with it. So it's it. like an oatmeal for these cows. These- yeah, they're called spent grains, and so it's just mm. like wet mash, and there's nothing, like, I've dried them out and grinded them up into a powder, and we, we use it in our bread. We make a beer bread, oh. and so we'll use the spent grains in there, and... Just try to get the whole process and reduce, so. reuse, recycle. That's right. He told man. us that in the nineties. That's right. Is that you have a recycle? He just showed me his tattoo. It's the recycling symbol <laughs> on his elbow. Yeah, man. Um, what made you get that? Um, it was just kind of off the cuff. <laughs> yeah, it was all the nineties, man. It was my childhood. So I just think it was important. I think it's more. Yeah. It's, it's it's more than just recycling. It's it's the the symbols whole, more than recycling. For wow, me. that's really. I never knew. I knew you had some tats. I I never seen that one. Yeah. Um. But that's 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 pretty cool, man. Because it's one of those things that we as people we think well, we're good people, but we don't throw do stuff it. Away. It's, it's so convenient. It's convenient to be lazy. Like I probably recycle like half the shit I should, and then yeah. the other half I'm just like, if it's you know uh, if it's kind of dirty, you don't want to clean it off or something, then you'll just kind of just throw it away to keep all the kind of you do the best you can, yeah, basically. You, you know, and at least you're trying, right? And yeah. so. I think that's important is at least you're trying. But I remember our household switched over. Like at one point we didn't even recycle when I was younger. Well, I remember we, when we were kids, like there was no option for compost. Like you did it yourself basically. Yeah, like there was yeah. no green pickup. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. The same with my family too. The compost that for them, they started doing that way later. I don't even do compost here at all. No, like, we do. A, we do at the restaurant. It's actually, I think, uh, the law in Victoria. Really? Or maybe BC or something like that. For that restaurants. You, you have to, yeah. Otherwise, you could incur some fines. Wow. They don't have that here in Ontario? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I've worked at some restaurants where they don't do stuff like that. Everything, but some just probably do just to do it. They're yeah. Not, they're not mandated. Yeah. And just... I mean, Victoria's, uh, you know, everyone's a little bit more conscious of that kind of stuff. 
Uh, so they're better than us. Here. <laughs> Everyone's better there. <laughs> Everyone does a better version of what you do. Well, it's, you know, you're on an island, right? And it's it's small, and you've you've only got so much space. So maybe they just what's a plane ticket out there right it. now? Seven. Eight. Uh, I just got the cheapest flight I've ever had. I've been flying out there for ten years. I just got with return five twenty five. What? But I've flown like I've bought. I've basically waited to the last minute to buy a ticket before, and like, oh shit, I need to buy the ticket today, yeah. and spent nine hundred dollars. So right, right, right. On average, I find if it's like between six fifty, like if it's six fifty to seven hundred, that's like a, I'm comfortable with that. And why uh, is it? Are plane tickets like going? Are they trying to make them go down? It feels Canada? like it's going down, man. I think like, they're. I think they're at one point made a conscious effort. Like I think there was some legislation or something where they're like, we gotta make it for Canadians to travel within their country. There needs to be yeah. Like, Easier. I don't know, but I mean, I know for the longest time it felt like flying across Canada was like an arm and a leg. Yeah. You know? I've like, never really done it. Like, I, we talk about Banff, but, so we flew it to Calgary once. I flew it to Edmonton once to meet some buddies. Um, that's about it. And I think, like, Edmonton was maybe about the, the 550 mark yeah, or something. Yeah, I've never but. been to Edmonton, and I only spent a night in Calgary, but I hear Calgary's awesome. I want to yeah. go out there for the Stampede. Yeah. I want to check out the Stampede. I think being Canadians is interesting. Um, that there's so much to explore in our country, oh and we God. always go to other countries. Like, because why wouldn't you want to see? You know, that's interesting actually. Too, because sorry, I feel like I keep cutting you off. No, go on. Go um, on. <laughs> uh, on the West Coast, when people go on trips, they go to like they go to Australia or they go to Southeast Asia. I find over here, but when people go away, it's like always been Europe. Yeah, because it's just like or like the, South America, the, maybe you know, like the, the certain side of the yeah, pond that you're on. Yeah. That's funny. It's well, it's, you're closer. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I spent. I feel like so many people I know have spent time in Australia. I've never been, but I'd, I'd love to go. But yeah, it seems too. like everyone's been to Australia or oh, everyone's there. been to Asia. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess because because that's how big Canada fucking is. It's yeah. so far that like, you're basically on another chunk of the globe. Like you're you're a whole kind of big chunk. Yeah, over. it's not just flying across the country. You're flying across the continent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's insane. Sometimes we don't, you know, we we don't think about how actually how big our country is. It's and huge for the population like, too. Like, I mean, thirty three whatever million, and something like that. Yeah, and it's it, like all basically south. Like, it's all along the borderline yep. to the states for the most part. Yep, we basically live right at. That's why I continue to say to people like who who uh, criticize uh, if we talk about the states too much in this podcast. What what do you what are you so mad about? Because it's we're the fifty first or how many states are there? Fifty or fifty? Fifty, I so guess. The, yeah, fifty, I think. We're the other state, kind of. I know that we have our independence and we're na- we have nationalisms t- too, and we have, you know, there's everything across the board is is a different version than what's going on in the states. It's you know, it always, always feels a, different when you go over there. Like it's just yeah. everything feels different. Actually, I was in Pittsburgh last year. I thought this was really funny. So we're at this diner. We order breakfast, and you know, we obviously have some kind of an accent yeah and the server's pouring coffee and she goes where are y'all from yeah oh we're from canada she goes canada i ain't got nothing against y'all like, why why would you yeah <laughs> like, we're we're like a couple hours north of here it's why would would you have something against someone if they were like from new orleans you know like i don't yeah i didn't I th- understand that maybe it's because there's like a sort of almost a stigma amongst americans that they like dog on us a lot or make fun of us or like we'll be like the butt of a joke on the end of a kind of bit on the snl or something maybe they're jealous maybe they're jealous i think they are a little bit lots to be jealous of canada's fucking awesome we got a lot of good shit going on in that country there's issues to be faced um you know, when you talk about social issues, you know, I'm not much of a social justice warrior, as it were, but I'm still conscious of those those yeah. movements, and I and I support the core of what's at the ide- the ideals of those movements. Yeah. But sometimes the way people go about it, and the way that demonstrations are done or whatever, can lead to like things like violence or things you didn't things counterproductive to the real cause. Yeah. You know, or that people can embezzle money. Different all these organizations, right? There's going to be problems amongst them, but the the ones we're facing in Canada, I mean, we're, it's pretty like there's it's pretty good. There's a lot yeah. of good things that have gone on through history. A lot of people forget the progress that's been made, and they have this yeah, idea. It's easy to be pissed off about what's in the moment, yeah. You know, but that's what we were saying earlier is that there's there's something to be said about history, right? Like, you kind of need to see where you came from, and you know, things really aren't all that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's weird that history is the one thing that's. Um, it can be rewritten. It can be rewritten. Well, but they're also like, how do I say this? I was going to say, history's all there. Like, it's all in the books. It's all in Wikipedia. It's all, you can look it all up. It's all set in stone. It's the past. It's, so, 
but how you say it can be rewritten, yeah, because there can be like discrepancies about facts, yeah, and there can be different opinions. But I'd say like generally, history is like just not even the super intricate parts, but let's just say the main, you know, how World War Two happened, how World War One happened, uh, which countries were which at which time, all the kind of basic yeah. facts. You can see the line of like where we came from, like you say, and and different human mistakes that we've made, and can we, you know, so if it's all there. For the most part, why is it so hard for people to, you know, see the big picture? Because it is like in these day and age, even if you think you see the big picture, like I find with myself a lot, there's still just the daily life and just your daily subjective experience can take up so much of what's in your brain. Yeah, and you can forget the big picture of humanity, or yeah, you I get mean, lost it's, it's in it. It's easy to get invested, right? Like, yeah. people get emotionally invested in everything in, in their life. In, in current events, especially too, right. where it's just it's easy to get pissed off. And we were talking about this, you know before we started the podcast and I mean, I'm sure people get pissed off with me saying it, but I think that having Trump as a president, there are good aspects to it. You know, like I think it's going to show some glaring holes in the way that they select their president. I'm not saying I'm pro Trump by any means, right? Uh, but I think that it, it does shine a light on, on some bigger issues with how they elect their officials. Yes. I would say, you know, for anyone that might criticize you saying, just saying that I would say it's a, I guess it's a positive spin and I think that's a very Canadian thing of you to even say. It's <laughs> like, yeah. we're just taking this really bad situation and being like, but here's the good that could come out of it. Yeah. Which is fine, but... And I'm not all, you know, rah, 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 anti-Trump, but I'm also finding lately I'm not all on the other side. I'm very, like, in the middle and just kind of watching everything. Yeah, me too. But at the same time, I do recognize the um, very uh, wrong things that Trump goes about as a, as a president. Like, just the other day when he pushed some of the other G7 leaders out of the way, there's this really funny gif oh, I didn't of him. See it. It's great. He, like, the guys are walking up, like, leaders of other countries, and Trudeau was around, too, and Trump just kind of literally, like, a schoolyard kid just goes through. up and then goes, like, with his jacket like that, and you're, like, everyone's sharing it, like, look at this idiot, right? And it's, but it's, there's some truth to that. Like, this guy's not, it's just, there's so many, it, because it's a two-party system, that's why you have so much, like, infighting and just, like, yeah. our guy or your guy. Right? Your guy does everything wrong. Our guy does everything right. Well, none of that is correct. That's like religions. That's like, yeah. my God is real. Your God is fake. Or yeah. it's Well, you can't all be right. So you're probably all wrong because you can't. Yeah, I feel like no matter what, there's always going to be people that are upset, right? Like, yeah. you, no one's ever going to be happy. I don't think there's any country where everyone's happy, right? Like, No, I mean, I guess it's all relative. Some countries are happier than others. Yeah. Um, I hear North Korea is not very fun to be in. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the same thing, yeah. coincidentally. You know, you ever see those videos of uh, them crying when they're when the leader dies? You have it's like a law or yeah, something. Yeah, you, you don't even go to, to jail. Yeah, or... you go to labor camps if you don't cry yeah. enough. So then people see these um, people. We've seen some of the documentaries on yeah. Vice. Some good ones and some good ones on Netflix uh, lately too. I I can't uh, talk enough good about Netflix lately because yeah. over the last three, you know, I guess it's just the revenue stream. Yeah, and then they were able to. Um, with their algorithms of what people watch, they're better. They actually use it to that information to write scripts now. Yeah. So, oh, cool. So the actual shows that they're writing, they base all what we like and, yeah. and use that for their story arcs and stuff. That's why you're seeing all these really great topics for shows like these weird... Um, like fucking Stranger Things was so yeah, cool. Yeah, that man. one. Like, and what's some of the other late ones? That, uh, uh, there's a bunch of like... I cool haven't really been that. watching a lot of TV lately, but... Uh, well, I have been. I just haven't been watching any Netflix originals. But but my point is just that the Get they, Down was pretty cool. That was good. Yeah, um, they, they're all like they're mostly good. Like yeah. they just come out. So there's always something to watch in there. But uh, that was a bit of a tangent. What was my point about why we were talking about Netflix and <laughs> Netflix and chill? <laughs> um, we were talking about Netflix and chill. I was trying to make a bigger point about um, about oh we were talking about North Korea. Just the the people crying thing. It's like. Uh, that's so bizarre. Yeah, and we often, because it's a culture so different, we look at these people and kind of like, why are they so crazy? Why are they crying like that? Or We're subject to or it. Or why are they, yeah, they're brainwashed. Yeah. And then I found that there was, it was actually on the Rogan podcast, one of the recent ones, this, this writer or some sort of quote-unquote expert on North Korea, and he kind of made a point that I hadn't quite heard uh, exactly before where he said, not only are the people brainwashed, but the actual leaders of the country are brainwashed almost by the country itself. Yeah. And even if, like, the leader were to be like, oh, I'm going to change everything and feed people and make everybody happy now or do something different than what the regime's going towards, yep. then he'll get killed. Or someone, it's like they're yeah. e they're being eaten by their own system. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, I don't, 
I mean, there's no other way to put it except for bizarre. It's just so strange over there. And I think, and I, we, you know, I don't think I can ever fully understand. You know, there's you can watch all the documentaries and see all the Vice news, and you know, you never really fully understand. You know, it's it's got to be such a strange life. Yeah, you, yeah, like imprisoned it, by their culture. Yeah, and that's but you can show that it, that it is um, fucked up life by the fact that they leave and they'll yeah. escape. So it's not like they are fu- like they're not fine. They're not no. having a good time. It's no, not. It's, it's not. It's not a fucking party over there. That's for sure. No, and there's so many countries like that. I guess these days, like anywhere you look, I mean, Middle East, Africa. Damn, man, we we talk about it as Canadians all the time that we have the best country to live in, basically, and it's always ranked, you know, top five to live in, and the health yeah. index is great, and life expect everything's great, and it's it's crazy because it's hard to imagine, it's hard to empathize with these other people because our lives are so great yeah i i totally agree with that that's weird because we want to help them unless you're homeless or something then you can kind of have a better feel of what it's like yeah but as like if you're middle class or just like a privileged person in this first world country even if you want to empathize how do you have what experience do you have that you can even you know yeah but we still there's a there's a natural moral instinct in us that we want to help so we'll try to give money i donate um for malaria that's what i do and i actually have it automatically taken off my card every month oh really so i don't even have to think about it that's cool and it's a small amount it's like 350 or something yeah but i like when you go to the grocery store and it'll be like you know do you, do you want, want to donate, donate i'm two always bucks like nah for, <laughs> it depends man like if i'm if i'm short on funds then or mm-hmm. or short on time then maybe not but usually i do it's like two bucks for why children's, don't i two I bucks for myself. children's libraries yeah. or some shit like that you know i was like yeah sure yeah why not but yeah. It's funny that people even say no, and that I just said I say no a lot of times. It's well, that like, stuff makes a difference, you know. We kind of spoken about this via Facebook chat, just supporting people and yeah. supporting in general. Yeah. Typically, if I have friends that are doing something, I try to support them as much as I can. Yeah. You Whether, bought some shirts from me in the past. I still CDs. have the shirts, yeah, and the CDs. So, you know, like I've got a friend; he's in Laos and he's building uh, wells and houses and shit like that like yeah. if he needs money like i haven't donated yet i'm gonna see him this summer i can't wait to see him because i want to donate so yeah you know like i had a friend back home he was doing a show it was a fundraiser at his house playing it like a, a full-on rock show in his apartment to raise money so he can go on tour with his his bandmates yeah and they had this like jar on the wall taped to the wall and that was where you're supposed to put the money and so mm-hmm. i didn't intend to do this but i got there and i was looking at the jar and it was like i got there late and it was like nickels and dimes really yeah like it was a sad affair and so i put 50 bucks in oh. my buddy saw me do it from across the room and he was blown away you know and it's like it's just 50 bucks like right it's this relative like how do we treat our money it's like we'll spend stupid amounts on shoes or stupid things we don't need and then if, when it comes to like a friend that needs something he's sometimes trying to we'll... go on tour so he can have an experience and like and yeah how is that value not and i like his music yeah. so yeah like fuck yeah i'm gonna put the 50 bucks in. it makes sense i like that outlook and um what am I going to do with the 50 bucks anyway? I'm going to probably exactly. spend it on coffee or something. Right, so right. I'll just go without coffee for two days. Exactly, man. And Because uh, I drink that much coffee. 25 $50, $25, yeah. Huge coffee culture in Victoria. Yeah? Yeah, cafes on every street corner. Right. Yeah. It's all cafes and craft beer now, huh? Cafes, craft beer, That's our pots dr- everywhere. Drugs There's choice. fucking dispensaries everywhere. So those are, our th- those are the three drugs that everybody's doing right now. Craft beer, pot, and caffeine. Everybody loves those three things. Those are three of my favorite things. They're three of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the craft beer thing. Uh, yeah, so do you think weed's going to be legalized? Yeah. I, I mean, they inevitable. say they already gave a date, right? I think it's Canada Day. Which... July. But that's uh, not this year. It's next year, right? Yeah. Right. Because first they set it on 420. Did they? They actually made a political move to say Whoa. it on 420. Yeah. <laughs> And that was That's pretty for rad, sure real. Like, the fact that it was on 420 where they're like, we are now announcing, in one year from now, we're going to start. Like, I mean, this it, was feels, like, it feels legal enough. It feels legal enough, yes. Back in Victoria, like, I can go to a dispensary and buy it. Like, I got a card to a dispensary, and I didn't even have to have a doctor's note. Like, you just went in, filled out, like, a form, and basically, okay, here's your card, and you can buy whatever the hell you want. And I guess this speaks to the provincial way of um, managing things with the police forces and stuff and how they interpret the laws, because in Ontario, there's been a lot of crackdowns. Yeah. Uh, I've, Toronto, I've heard about especially, that, yeah. and recently in St. Catharines, there's been some dispensaries that have been uh, people have been arrested for drug trafficking. I mean, right? I'd be curious to hear what the situations are in totality. Like, 
what are the underlying details that we're not hearing, or is it just oh, a pot shop got busted, and everyone's like, man, fuck the police. I think, Take our pot away. Like, there's got to be some... I'm sure these people probably broke the law at some point. They did. Well, this is the thing. It's like... I I haven't visited one of these dispensaries, but they call it a gray area, right, of the law. And so, and I know this happened in states a bit, too, in certain states, when they transitioned to legalization or whatever. There's there's these places you can go with and, you know, have a a card, like a medical dispensary. But then there's these other dispensaries that will ask you for certain ID or not. And it's almost like they're just, like, playing this game until they get caught. Like, they feel like it's going to become legal soon. So, like, I guess I can get away with it for a year. And then they start it. And then the police are like, no, it's still illegal. So, here you go. Now you're arrested. Wait till it's legal, asshole. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not sure all the the finite details about it. But, yeah, like, it is technically illegal. But I just think that there's other issues. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. But need to be looked after them, like oh, exactly, and that that's one of the issues. Pot, you know? that the police need to be doing. I mean, not, we're not saying they're not doing their yeah. job because they would argue that's our job to stop yeah. these breaks. But the resources is, is a thing. How yeah. many police officers do you have in a given area? How much money do they get? How much are their salary? How can you? How late can you keep them out to on the streets? Are they, yeah. what gangs are they dealing with? What what real issues? What violence are they dealing with? What security are they dealing with? Yeah. Uh, you know, guys running around with whatever weapons and stuff like. Yeah, there was a guy running around in Victoria like three, four weeks ago with a machete. Yeah. It was like a citywide search for this guy running around oh with a machete, and I think he like was brandishing it at a school or something like that. Fuck. Victoria's Shit. pretty safe. It's uh, There's like no rough neighborhoods that I wouldn't go through at night. Right. Just as a homeless. Actually, I had a guy steal my bike once, and I tracked it down and got it back. Really? Yeah, it was pretty rad, so... Did you give it back to him in the end? No, no. But, so <laughs> I don't have a, like, I don't I don't drive right. So I need that bike. Like that is my everything. Okay. So was I it need a nice it. bike? Oh yeah. yeah, I bought it in Revy. It was like a like a nine hundred like about nine hundred dollars I think after tax. So I left it. It was my fault. I left it outside. It was the day after the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Okay, about two years ago, mm-hmm. and I was just talking to some people in the pub, and I, I forgot that I'd left it outside and, and didn't bring it in. And so like eight nine hours go by. I'm working. We're busy. No. And someone's like, yo, did you not ride your bike today? I thought you have been riding your bike. I'm like, yeah, I rode my bike. It's not in the lockup. Are you kidding me? So I go check. It's not there. And I, like, I lost it. I was fucking pissed off. I was upset with myself, like really pissed off with myself. Yeah, I, I would be too. Yeah, so we have cameras. So I checked the cameras. I saw the guy take it. Like people looked at it. There was people that you, they considered taking it. And they're like, really? They had the better yeah. judgment to like put it back and be like, oh, no, man. I'm not going to steal this. Right. You know, maybe they thought they were on camera or it was like a right, setup right, or something right. like yeah, that. But yeah, who would leave this? This one guy was like, I'm definitely taking this fucking bike. <laughs> and so he took off on it and I just, yeah, I ran around and trying to find it and I found it in the shitty part of the... You just went around and looked for it? I got it back within the hour. Like I was I was committed to getting it back. What? So, so it wasn't that far away from... Yeah, I, I got information crime? from a prostitute. Nice. That's yeah. real detective work. I Yeah. You could make like a short film about this or something. Probably like, could. Just you yeah. like perusing the streets of Victoria. Dude, like, it was on a stakeout. Like it was. I called the police. They didn't even show up, and so I took care of it myself. I called them back. I'm like, I got the bike back. You guys don't need to send. A yeah, I'm a vigilante. Uh, see you guys Rock later. <laughs> like, well, that's dangerous, so you shouldn't do that. Well, you didn't send anyone. I needed your help, and you didn't send anyone. I sat there for 15 minutes, and you didn't help me. So right, right, right. Yeah, it was a pretty. Yeah, yeah. I was running around. I saw this. We have a lot of prostitution uh, inherently, so. Asked this prostitute if she saw any green bikes, and she she said that she hadn't seen any green bikes, but she was like pissed off about me asking her, and I lost it. Okay. I was like, "Look, bitch, I know you need the money. You better give me the information now if you've seen a fucking green bike." And she said she saw it in Rock Bay, which is a shitty. That's that would be the shitty part of town. It's like one, two streets, prostitutes, and just a lot of homeless. Okay. So I jumped in a cab and did. What are the chances out. that she knew she had seen I, your bike? You know, it, when she, when she said it, I was like. It makes sense. Like, where else would it? Yeah, I probably would have checked there as well. If you steal a bike and you're homeless, you're gonna want to like trade it through their their homeless homeless market. Yeah, Yeah, the homeless (laughs) economy, right? So, and they definitely did. Like, they were trying to take it apart and stuff. So, I went over and grabbed it from a guy, and he freaked out. And basically, I told him, you know, if you want it, fight me now. (laughs) Yeah, like if you want it, you you try and take it. And he was just, you know, he didn't want to try. So nice. So yeah, you told that hobo. Showed him. Nice. <laughs> well, the moral of the story is lock up your bikes. Lock up your bikes. And also solve the homelessness problem. And There's a lot, yeah. It's a lot of mental health, right? And drug yeah. addiction. and Most things, I think, the, the source of a lot of these days' problems are mental health. 
That's not to excuse certain religious doctrines as indoctrinating certain people to behave a certain way. Yeah. Um, based on their ideologies, but I think there's a lot of mental health issues. You know, people want to blame guns or this or that, but it's all those things. I think a lot of mental health. Yeah, like it's I think addiction health. usually is related to mental health as well. And the idea, the this, the kind of stigmas which are, I think, being erased more in the future now about mental health, like with the Bell Let's Talk Day and different things like that, more awareness and stuff. But there, I, I had no idea what that was for the longest time. Really? I, yeah, I just thought it was like a filter or something. And then I looked <laughs> into it and I'm like, oh, okay. It's a real thing? Yeah. yeah. I don't. I guess I don't really. I think on the day, what do you text a certain number and then donates like a certain I amount? guess so. Yeah, I, I found out after the fact. I think I've done it a couple times, but the stigma used to be, or sometimes still is, like, oh, if, if you have, if you have mental health issues, like, well, I guess there's multiple stigmas, but I would say either you're making it up and just like man up or something, or you're just crazy and like there's no way to fix you. Which are those are kind of like I guess. Uh, at odds with each other yeah. but i think there's just many different stigmas the different lenses that people look at mental health because they're not experts like most of us are not experts on it and even the experts argue with each other in a lot of things like you know we're talking about food and everything so sort of all relates it's like mental health is also um physical health because yeah. your mind is your brain as far as yeah i mean it's, it's, they're definitely unhealthy right you know like every, here's the thing with being homeless is that it's not it's it's got to be such a sap on your body because yeah what do you where are you getting your nutrients no nutrients so like yeah you know they're probably dehydrated water, yeah. yeah like it's you know i know how i feel when i'm dehydrated or i know how i feel when i've been eating shitty yeah you know and let alone they've got all these other issues going on like they don't and they're not they're going to the sleep, gym they're, they're yeah not there's nothing those. healthy about them like they would be i guess the least healthy people yeah, in society. and so that, and not to say that that would like directly cause these mental health issues. No, Obviously, but it it's, pre, help. it's you know people yeah. are schizophrenic or whatever. A lot of whatever uh, guys don't a lot of veterans just become homeless because yeah. they're so fucked up. That yeah, they don't. yeah, there's a lot of post traumatic uh, stress. I yeah. think is yeah, P uh, PTSD. PTSD. Yeah, there's so many issues out there like that, man. And um, we should help these people. I feel yeah. I mean, I feel for them, but you know, with the other. T- I do and I don't, and I feel kind of guilty saying that, but... Like, I'm work, the same way, though. I work I really hard to get to where I'm at, you know, and I know that the, some people don't have those options. Yeah. You know, they don't have all the tools, they don't have all the options or the opportunities, and so... But some hobos are fake hobos. They're just tricking you. <laughs> like, 2% of them. They get found out on there's YouTube all the time. 2% of hobos. That'd be hilarious, actually. We can show that by I'm a fake there's... hobo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, wouldn't that be the worst to get duped by... A... That's the worst. Like, there's a couple... There's recent on YouTube, there's some funny ones of... This guy who just straight up admits it. He's like, he does this whole accent of like a mentally challenged guy, like fucking uh, I am Sam, or something like that. And then <laughs> yeah. like he switches and he's like, yeah, I'm just playing y'all. Whoa. And I'm getting away with it too, kind of Crazy. Like, it's weird when they find these people that they'll be homeless. You see it sometimes and they have like a great singing voice. Oh, yeah. And the next thing you know, they're like. Man in Subway absolutely destroys <laughs> yeah. his cover of. Yeah. Black Sabbath or something like that, you know. There's always or there's always a young Asian kid or homeless guy that can do some amazing thing better than you. That's on YouTube. The one thing I'm always like surprised at, like they, you know, you see these videos where it's like, yeah, that guy's homeless. He set up a whole bunch of buckets and he's playing the drums. Like that's a lot of effort. And like, don't you think you could put that effort into like getting a home? <laughs> Check. There we go. Cool. We're back. All right. Uh, yeah, recording yourself is cool. Um, I just had like. The last two episodes were um, sort of the most credential. Most uh, yeah, I did listen to the, the one guy from the UK, and it yeah. was uh, man. I don't know how you're reaching out to these people, but it's really fucking cool that they're coming on your show. Like that's got to be that's kind what of I surreal, think. man. Yeah, um, it's really just a matter of just hitting them up. Yeah, um, I always heard Nardwari do this TED talk or this talk he used to give about uh, fucking Nardwari. Yeah, Nardwari. I forgot about Nardwari. Should get him on the show. But like, like he'd probably do it. <laughs> he used to just say that how people ask me how did I how did I get how did I make this for myself because yeah. he just made himself. He has these epic great interviews that are still watched like ten years later. Yeah, like people. his his interviews with Snoop are like yeah. renowned. Or the one with Pharrell with NERD. The first one was crazy. I don't remember that one, but Go I like Nardwar though. Yeah, I gotta but check. so he would say just ask. Yeah. This is what you do. So when I started this podcast, that's. The first one was Joe Motiki from TVO Kids. I, I didn't yeah. even have an episode recorded. I just hit him up because 
I was wondering where he was at, and then he tweeted me and said he was listening to my album, and I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. Cool. And, and so then I was like, hey, come on a podcast. He's like, sure. And he drove here and came to my house and really? sat where you're sitting right now. No way. did the podcast. I thought for sure that was like a Skype or... No, he came to my house from Toronto. That's cool, man. It was the it was mind-blowing, and to me, not so much like me now. I know people don't think it's that cool, but for a 90s kid from Ontario yeah. to have watched him when you were watching all those shows when you were little... Yeah, he was then, YTV, right? Right? Or, he was or on TVO TV Kids, actually, kids yeah. yeah. The other guy, Phil, was from YTV. That was a cool guy everybody liked when I was a kid. The Phil, Asian guy. Yes, yeah. And he's on. He's around on like Instagram and stuff. I actually hit him up, but he didn't respond yet. Yeah. Come on, Phil. We're yeah, here. We're, PJ Phil. Where you at, Phil? We don't Shout out, Phil. <laughs> I, want to, I want to talk to Snit. That little. Oh yeah, TV man! I forgot about that. Covered thing. in bubble gum or something. That's, yeah, whatever that was, slime. I yeah, guess, and then or... he went to Mars or something weird, and they changed. There's this whole epic. Well, I was more into Ed the Sock. I thought Ed the Sock was. Ed the awesome. Sock's cool. It's weird that for some reason I feel like I already knew that about you, or I just it just makes about Ed the sense. Sock. Yeah, maybe I like... feel like it fits with the profile. Uh huh. Like sense of humor or something. <laughs> yeah, too. man. He's he's actually kind of around too lately. I think. I think he's, he's made a comeback. Yeah, like, he's... he might have a show. Like I, I. Yeah, I heard something like that. I don't have cable. I didn't own a TV for many years, so I don't watch much music but shout out ed the song he's canadian i think he's right? got yeah i think he's got a show on on much music now or maybe he did or and he's like all dirty or city line or does he yeah he was on city line late at night something like that i think that's what it was yeah yeah i can't believe i remember city Line. these little canadian icons that pop up there's uh you got so what are some of your influences for this for this podcast i mean i guess the joe rogan experience yeah um, yeah i figured as much yeah yeah that was one of the first that was the first one i really got into and a lot of people if you're not into it you might oh yeah joe rogan haha smoking a pot blah 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 but it's know, more man. the he guests deep, that he brings really like on it. yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the kind of circles that he hangs in and just more the the comedian circle like i like to listen to comedians talk yeah. or something even if it's not funny they just have insights into stuff yeah it's they do have an interesting outlook like whenever bill burr's on i listen to that one so good. or joey diaz i mean joey diaz he just I fucking think he's the funniest guy. Uh, I listen to Will Sasso's podcast a lot. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's a ten minute podcast, and it's yeah, him and um, he used to do it with Chris Dealey and Brian Brian Callen, Callen but yeah. now it's these two other guys, just his buddies that are like yeah. writers, and it's fucking funny now because it always was funny, but now yeah. it's stupid. Like they just do wrestling impressions or like sound clips, like cool. and it's only ten minutes of just ridiculousness. I've it's been funny. following the Munchies podcast. Is that uh, a from food Vice, one? yeah, yeah. So Munchies is the Vice channel for food. Is that with uh, what's his name, the 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 big guy, with Maddie, Maddie Madison? Madison? Is that him? Uh, he's got a show. Yeah, his his show's pretty cool, actually. He's cool. He's local, sort of. I mean, he's in Toronto, I guess. Uh, but yeah, he's, but he's, he's around... from Fort Erie. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah he's posted cool, something man. I like uh, I like watching his content for sure. He's funny. Yeah. What was some of like the radio you used to listen to around here? Like, did you ever get into like Dean Blundell? Any I Dean Blundell? Yeah, like yeah. he kind of. He was big for me, yeah, but only for certain I don't know specific time. Him. Like he got well, what happened was, canned, I guess, he yeah, some, some they had comments. a couple discrepancies where they were saying a couple things that were a little overboard, like just like homosexual jokes, and one was like criticizing uh, stuff, something about women, like a joke about hitting women that didn't go over well or something, and then yeah, that's and then the, 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 the I might be butchering exactly what it was, but some things where the, the network was like, hey, you can't talk about that. And Dean Blundell and those guys, Toddy Pickles or whatever his name is, they're, they're all... Todd just, Shapiro. Yeah, Todd he's Shapiro. He's got his own show. He's doing really well, I think, actually. Yeah, he's got a new... It's a podcast for him, too, right? Yeah, I follow him on Facebook. Yeah, I think I'm on his Twitter as well. But I have they, a Twitter, but I've never used it. I use it... Uh, I actually use it a lot. I, I like it for getting little tidbits of news and like following the different people you're into just yeah. to see what they're up to, but... I've uh, never even tried. I just... I took the name because I didn't want someone to steal my name. Yeah. You gotta curate. The thing with Twitter is you gotta curate yourself a list of like cool shit to follow. That's all. Because yeah. it's it's like we were saying earlier about the tools that you, social media has tools. Like yeah. if you can make it fit its uh, fulfill its purpose. Like when you say Facebook's for networking, for me that's key. Like if without Facebook, with my DJing and my different graphic design stuff, yeah. like it's a way that business people sometimes like email primarily. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on Facebook, like promo yeah. and different stuff. I like Instagram for that. I mean, especially yeah, it for works food, too. photos and videos and stuff. Like it works well. Yeah, yeah that's if they if they want to follow you. Yeah, they like your shit. They'll they'll follow your Instagram, right? Yeah, Facebook's more like Facebook's so multi-purpose now that it's. I feel like it might. It might well, fall out of favor in a, in a way. I don't know. I, I don't think Facebook's ever going to go away. To be really? honest, I think it's going to. I think it's here to stay. We just started doing this cool, uh, this really new thing uh, at Swans where we're using Messenger, the Facebook Messenger, to send out deals to people. 
And so basically it's a bot. This guy created a bot and you oh. basically communicate with the bot. And so you can check hours, you can make a reservation and then we do deals. And so someone has to share it with you. So right now the deal is free wings with the purchase of a drink up until a certain date. And, uh, so, so you just, share it, that and then uh, like, I'll, I'll share that with people that I know in Victoria they come in, they buy a drink, they show that to their server. The server types in redeemed. It's a one-time use. And then it's just basically keep an eye out for uh, more deals. Okay. And then the bot itself, does the bot contact people? If you know, So, the no. like it's It it's, won't just pop up and scare No, you it's by like, choice. Like, we're not okay. spamming people. It's, <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's by choice. But it's pretty cool. And uh, no one else has that. In Victoria, anyway, like I've never heard of anyone else having so that, it's or like I've it, never it's, seen anything like that. So it's benefiting the customer in that they they get these deals through this thing, and they don't, and it's benefiting you guys because you don't have to necessarily like. Well, and we're getting the business as well. Like right, it's it's kind of twofold. It works for everyone. So. Right, right. Yeah, we're bringing more people into the pub, which is so the most important working. thing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. There's so many ways you can use um, social media for marketing things. I I briefly worked at a inbound marketing company, a digital agency, cool. a digital marketing agency. And they, I didn't quite learn so much of the back end, but I did just graphic design and got to see sort of what they work on, which is interesting things like crunching the numbers behind websites, how to make effective websites that actually engage or that have that allow people to engage in the correct way that you want them to, yeah. to actually generate leads and close sales. Yep. And there's a stage that they add in inbound marketing called Delight, which is, um, I think it's a four-stage thing, so Delight would be the final thing, but it's like attract, convert closed delight something like that where it's like this system that they do where each one has like specific notions of what goes on there so delight delight really means that not only did you close the sale but that person now is like a lifetime fan or something where you do something extra there's there's many uh, elements that they employ like one of them is you know when you go on websites and they're like download this 10 tips on making a burger for free yeah Stuff like that that gets people to sign up for newsletters, gets people to do an extra level of engagement where now you're in their email box, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Another one that was interesting was um, this is just goes across the board, I guess, in web design, but A-B testing, it's called. And even ISIS employs this in some of their, really? uh, 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 yeah, their, really? their media stuff. And what A-B testing is, it's basic concept, but it's just... Gener- allowing the homepage to generate 50% of the time, you know, one layout... Uh, say and on the other fifty percent of the time, it, it generates the the other layout for for the visitors that come, and then they just crunch the numbers of did that layout A make people yeah. engage? Did and did that layout B make people engage? Hmm. Wh- you know whether it's a you know when you go to a website and there's a pop up um, um, that might say like just anything, not even that newsletter uh, example, but just anything that yep. says click here or click no. Yeah. So did did layout A and they'll do this, they'll do this for even just like some graphic that you make they'll make two graphics and they'll see which one really and then and then they'll use so let's say a works 70 percent of the time b works 30 uh so they take a now make that the new a and make another a that's like or just keep testing keep keep breaking it down to see how to optimize the website and then that's like you know when you you're spending 10 20 30 grand on a website you know there's guys like i've done websites for cheap for people that are just basic you know five hundred thousand bucks whatever but there are people who spend and, and, and sell websites that are like, no, this really works as a marketing tool. It's not yeah. just – I think that's what people mistake about the internet these days when they run a business. It's like, oh, I need a website up there. Okay, I'll hire some guy quick to do it and whatever. Well, then what's the point? Your business is functioning generally as well as it is without a website then. You can, yeah. If you're going to make a website – you might as well put the it's almost like building your infrastructure of your office or something. You want it to look nice, you invest ten, twenty thousand on a sign or whatever it is. Yep. How about you invest if your if your business is gonna thrive from it and if it needs it, a website that actually works and sort of employ the tools that the modern age has sort of come up with yeah. that really make it work, right? Yeah, so like at the pub, one of our things is a. I mean we have a, a website, it's really good, my buddy made it and um, our whole thing is we want people to come into the pub. So no matter what you do on our website, our social media, it's all geared at you coming to the pub. Yep. You know, we want you to come down because we know that once people come that, that they're, they're going to enjoy themselves. We know the food's good. We know the beer's great. We know the service is excellent. So our whole thing is trying to get people down to the pub. So everything's geared towards that. Mm-hmm. Like these Facebook messenger promotions, the website is kind of geared towards that. We do little events where we're trying to pull people in yep. all the time. We've got a happy hour. We've got a late night menu. So we just, it's always about so just get here and look how good it looks. There's a lot of photos. Yeah. Like I mean, outside of sales of beer is important as well, but 
I don't think it generates the amount of revenue that the pub itself will uh. or the like because we have the liquor store right on site, right? So if you have something in the pub and you're like, "Fuck, I really like this beer. Where can I get it?" You know, chances are we bottle it and it's in the. Well, that's amazing. It's in the beer and wine store. Is there other? Um Oh, maybe like competitors or like peers in that business in your area that do it the same way as you or do, are you because you have a it's lot of community one thing. i mean it's a community right we all support each other so you know uh, like people will come into the pub and they'll ask like where should i go for dinner you know and i'm not always going to say you should stay don't here. go to this place yeah, yeah like yeah. don't go anywhere stay where you are and eat my food <laughs> I, you know like if someone's looking for a particular experience i, I kind of like guiding them there right yeah. so you know, like I, I send people to other restaurants and, and you know, and vice typically, person. you know, the server or the staff or the owner or the chef or whatever the case is. And it's like, oh, you're, like, you're here for six hours and you only have so much time. Yep. Yeah. You got to go to this place. You got to go to this place. And you really, really have to go to this place. And then that person, that other business is going to say, hey, uh, Jimmy, Bob came in here and yeah. said it, you recommended it. It's uh, yeah. So. I send people to other restaurants all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and conversely, you know, there's a spot across the street. It's a craft beer bar. So all they serve is craft beer. Mm. And I know that they send people over to us the same way that we send people over to them. Mm. You know, there's only so much you can have at our place. Like, we you know, we've got 12 beers on tap. If you do a taster and you try everything, you know, after that, it's like, well, I want to try more beer. Where else do I go? <laughs> yeah. You can get the same thing again, or you can go over and try <laughs> some, some of shit, like, yeah. yeah, from like the community, right? Right. No, that makes sense. Um, when did you realize you wanted to do culinary stuff? I started cooking when I was in high school, and it wasn't even cooking. I mean, I started working in restaurants when I was in high school. I was 15. I worked at a pizzeria. Uh, I used to always cook as a kid and stuff. We we cooked at home. So, uh, But I worked in a pizzeria. It's not even there anymore. It's just houses now. Uh, and then I worked at Coppola's for a long time. Ah, Coppola's. Yeah, for like eight years. I did Overall, I did eight yeah, years. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, man, I love I love Coppola's. I haven't been there in a while. I, oh, it's, it's on my great. list, though, to go Oh, back. yeah, you got to yeah. go. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and the staff is great too. Did uh, anything at, at collegiate uh, inspire you to continue on that path, or kind of like? I mean, I worked when I was when I was in collegiate. I worked at at Coppola's, you know, and a, a bunch right. of people Down worked the there. And yeah, so it was more like you know, you just kind of got into it. And it was when you're young, and it's there's something about that industry, especially the kitchen, that it pulls you in. You know, like, everyone's older, they, they seem so much cooler, they're listening to really cool music, and so, you know, basically the way that I always describe working in a kitchen, and, I mean, I don't really cook a whole lot anymore. Uh, I'm too busy doing other things. And, yeah. Uh, but when you're first getting started, it's like you're hanging out with some of your best friends, listening to music, and playing with food. Right. You know? When and, did you start to realize that it was, like, an art, and there's, there are deep levels to it? It was... So I was a welder right out of high school. I welded uh, for about two years, and I always cooked at night just to basically have fun and listen to music and play with food with my friends. Yeah. And so I, I kept getting laid off. It was just these shops were kind of small and rinky-dink, and there just wasn't as many options, and, and I was not feeling the best. You know, mm-hmm. like welding's pretty tough on your body, and mm-hmm. I made a decision to, to stop. You know, I got laid off one more time, and I don't like just sitting around and I don't want to collect DI, so I just I, I went into full time, and that's when I was at the Golf and Country Club, mm-hmm. um, St. Catharines Golf and Country Club. St. Catharines Golf and Country Club. Shout that's when basically when we started hanging out. That was like our school. old crew, man. There's a whole solid crew. There was, yeah. That was the, those days were a lot of fun. I remember there was they one party in particular fun. where it was like we had our shirts off that party. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good and party. more. <laughs> that was a good time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, around that time, I started to, like, the chefs I was working with, I realized that, like, I can do this as good as them, and then it hit a point where I was like, I feel like I, I could do this better. Ah. And so I signed up for school, and I went to I went to Niagara College, so big shout out Niagara College. Uh, they you got, got a good program there, huh? They have an insane program. Yeah. Like, I, I, I personally really like their culinary program. They've got the brewing program, they've got a wine program, a hospitality program. They're so multidimensional for this industry that that's where like I have a guy working for me in Victoria and I like I basically got him to go to Niagara. He's going to be going to Niagara, you know, and he's not even from this part of the country. I basically talked right. him into going to Niagara. Huh. Wow. Uh, that's how strongly I feel about that school and, and their, their system and their program. It was wow. very encompassing. And that's when I started to realize that it's more of a, of an art form. And, um, although it's an art form, I never refer to myself as an artist. I think that's kind okay, of, right. I think that's, uh, a bit of a stretch, you know, right. so people say it to me and I'm flattered by it, but I, 
I don't want to refer to so myself So you consider as a, it an art, but you just I don't necessarily... I consider it an art, but I don't know say. if I'm necessarily an artist. Like, huh, I, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe it's just... I, I don't know. It could be a personal thing, the way you look maybe, at it. Yeah, maybe I'm just modest, I guess. I don't know. Oh, that. I'm an artist. I'm a sandwich artist. Yeah, like, I don't want to be that guy, you know? Subway but, sandwich uh, artist. But, yeah, it was around that time. It was definitely when I was in college. You know, we used to do some competitions and stuff like that. And uh, and then I worked at Peller Estates Winery. And, you know, that's when it really became more of an art form. Hmm. Yeah, I have always been fascinated by it, but uh, and and as I get older now, I'm I'm slowly getting more into the world of cooking. Like I'm, I used to just you know eat like a teenager most of the times. I still do, just like whatever's there, I'll eat it. Whatever yeah. basic. It's not, fun cooking, you know, and especially if, like you know if you do it with your girlfriend or whatever, it or your partner, or whoever. Thing, yeah, yeah, like it's uh, it's something fun to do. You know, and you're having a glass of wine while you're doing it or whatever, and and you're learning. You know, like yep. if, if if you're not a good cook, I you know I wouldn't I would try to convince everyone that you need to try it and. Because it's what you're putting better. in your body every it's day. Basically, yeah, like you need to eat food to live. So why wouldn't you know how to cook? You and know? Eat, like, why would you eat? Want to eat tasty and healthy food? Because there can be that. A lot of people have the idea that like if it's healthy, I'm not going to like it. Or like salad, I don't like that. Yeah. Well, just, just you can make it sort of how you like it. And guess what? If you haven't tried the thing, stop saying you don't like it. Because I used to do that all the time too. Yeah, oh, I, I don't like that. I've never tried one. Yeah, I I, I hate when people say. Oh, I don't like that. Sushi is one I find it's popular. And I was actually having this conversation earlier today with some people, but sushi is the one where people, like yeah, yeah, I can't but wait. You're like, <laughs> but you're like, I, yeah, we're going for sushi soon. Um, but yeah, it's it's the one where people, I feel like they hate it without trying it. Oh, uh, raw fish? I heard raw it's raw fish. fish. And seaweed and like it's not, rice. It's and not, like, it, the way, yeah, the way you say it like that. Yeah, it's not, and there is raw fish, but it's not all raw fish. No, it's, it's, it's pretty diverse and it's difficult to make. And that I would say is an art form in itself. Especially if you the the high end guys like that uh, one guy on Netflix with the oh yeah he's insane uh, the guy that dreams of sushi I forget yeah. his name <laughs> hero or something uh, no. yeah something like that yeah. whatever it is yeah but like like it's kind of like I was saying before is so that there's many levels to this game right so there were some chefs at the college that they are considered master chefs I don't think that I'll ever be on that level you know I would rather I know I'm, I'm never going to be on that level you know I uh, ten thousand hours I think that's what you need. Well, I've definitely done 10,000 hours in a kitchen. Well, um, there you go. You're a master then. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just uh, 10,000 hours on each different thing, you know? Like, then that I kind of be- see being a chef as being a mixed martial artist. I've always been big into mixed martial arts. And, you know, as that sport progresses and evolves, you want to be as well-rounded as possible. You, yep. know? you don't want to get taken down by the wrestler, so you work on your wrestling. You don't want to get outstruck by the kickboxer, so you work on your kickboxing. Mm-hmm. It's the same with being a chef, where you want to work on every individual skill so right and that overall makes you better yeah it's not just being like i like you know you hear some of these lifers where they're like i can fucking cook on the pan station better than anyone right (laughs) or like i'm a fry cook through and through and no one does it better than me like all right like but you but you can barely hold the knife you know like right that's funny yeah no actually the some people in victoria might get upset when i say this but i find in victoria because there's it's an island so it's a smaller community basically you know i think on the whole island it's five hundred thousand people here I find because it's so dense, there's a huge skill set. Like maybe it's it's not as I feel like the overall skill sets are higher here. You know, there's a higher mm. skill level. Whereas in Victoria, I feel like because there's we have more restaurants per capita than anywhere else in Canada. So let's really? say there's you know a thousand restaurants or ten thousand restaurants or whatever, including right. fast food. Well, if each one of them employs three people, that's thirty thousand people. That's ten percent of the population of victoria right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just working in that one sector mm-hmm. and so i feel like there's just not you're that gonna get a varied just results based on the, the fact there's just so many a swath of all these there's people. so many restaurants and they all need so many so much help right and so people just get thrust into these roles where uh, like i was saying about uh shithead cliff or whatever we called yep, him earlier shithead. you know he, he was the fucking chef at this place right and you know he wasn't i don't think he's you know maybe he makes a great kitchen manager at like a moxies or you know right, like one of those he doesn't have this full like skill set pizza needed. but yeah he doesn't have the and That's it's not extra. necessarily his fault to a degree because he was never whoever he learned from probably didn't have that skill set so i feel like there's a big drop off where there's like the best chefs in the city and i'm not def- i'm definitely not in that in that category and then there's everyone else who's competent and i would fit in there and okay. then there's a drop off where people can do they have very limited skills and yeah. i feel like that encompasses the most of the skilled Skilled kitchen workers in Victoria. Right. Oh, okay. But you're saying over here... It's a here I different. feel like it's a bit different because there's so many people uh, that it's, you know, if 
there's so many people and there's less restaurants per capita. So there's not this need to bring people in that are just uh, really yeah, otherwise you're gonna, yeah. Really yeah, like you can, you can pick and choose, you know? Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I've, I've had that conversation with some other industry people, uh, back home in Victoria and, uh, you know, some people agree. Hmm. Some people get, you know, I don't, I don't think everyone, most chefs, I don't, th- I don't know if they'd agree probably because they'd be offended thinking that they're in the lower category. <laughs> Yeah. Well, damn. We all this talk about food's making me hungry. Yeah. What do you say we wrap this up now? You ready? I think I'm ready for cool, the sushi. That was fun, man. Thanks this for has having been me fun. Um, We've been meaning to do this for yeah, quite and you, a while. You've been a, one of the number one fans out there. I think we might have even shouted out your name when we went through the stats one episode when we were talking about. We pulled up all the stats once and we were seeing like who would listen the most oh, yeah. and who did this and that <laughs> and had like a top 10 or something. I never had a SoundCloud before, you know? So it was. I got the SoundCloud and I got in some other podcasts on SoundCloud because of this podcast. Nice. And I think this is an important podcast to have in Niagara. I know there's like the Niagara podcasters community yep uh but but this one's cool and i think it's awesome that you get a chance to like shout out your music and where you're going to be and stuff like that so yeah no i've always appreciated your listenership and uh we are a friend of the show here at awesome the well, i couldn't be happier i'm glad if anyone's in victoria come by swans for some for some tasty brews. yeah do they get anything for free they gotta mention might, let's mention a code word. let's do a deep sponsorship right now the code <laughs> word is shithead all right, yeah. And then you get something for free. Yeah, well, free water. That's going to be a long journey. Someone's going to write that down, go all the way out there and do it. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Decast. You can support the show by going to decast.ca and finding the Patreon link. Or you can share this episode on social media or tell a friend about it. You could also leave a review on iTunes. Or leave a comment on SoundCloud. Thank you again, and tune in next time. Hey, Decast listeners. This is Trevor Twining from Niagara Podcasters Network. If you want other local Made in Niagara podcasts, then head over to Niagara Podcasters Network. Our hosts are sharing stories and podcasts that are made for Niagara and by Niagara. Hope to see you there. You can find us at niagarapodcasters.org.